We're podcasting from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. I'm Public Affairs Officer Taylor Henry. And on the phone with me today from Lacey, Washington, is Father Captain Joseph Refner of the U.S. Army. Welcome, Father Refner. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged to uh, and honored to have be a guest here. Well, we're honored to have you. Your story is a little unusual in that you were an Anglican priest who recently became Catholic. Tell me, how did that happen? It's a long, long story. It's uh, many years of discernment. And uh, I actually grew up evangelical in a small church in Pennsylvania. And uh, the Catholic Church was never even on the radar at the time. And uh, uh, fast forwarding to 2004, I, got a, I, I discerned I had a call to ministry. And I was I'd actually gone to seminary at a, uh, a Protestant school, which is kind of a charismatic a Pentecostal school. And uh, I, start, I was in a systematic theology class. The professor was actually very well-educated uh, Catholic uh, education system. So he uh, actually, I think, had multiple degrees from Marquette and Boston College. And uh, I was doing a research paper, kind of discovering more about church tradition and kind of stumbled upon the sacraments by accident. And one of my classmates there by the name of Jason DeShane, who is now a Catholic priest as well, uh, was an Anglican, I think a recently uh, ordained Anglican deacon at the time. I met him, and after many questions and talking with him, I uh, became an Anglican uh, myself while I was in seminary. was eventually ordained an Anglican priest and uh Started working at a parish hospital ministry and eventually becoming an army chaplain. So, um, you, so you were already uh, in the clergy and in the army before you decided to become Catholic. Correct. Yeah, there there were some things that were running parallel at the time because as I was becoming Anglican deacon and priest, uh, Anglican Norm Chaitabus was uh, promulgated by the Vatican from. Uh, uh, Pope Benedict XVI, and that caused some. Uh, it caused a lot of people to either to, to discern one way or another whether they're going to accept the offer, or maybe sit on it and think about it and pray over it. And some just were not going to go forward with it. But that was kind of a. I was actually kind of coming in this process uh, when, as a as a Anglican clergy, when Anglican or. Anglican Order of Chaitabus was uh, promulgated. And it kind of started a, a conversation amongst many of the clergy about what direction to go forward with. So after many years of prayer and discernment, uh, I decided to submit my dossier and to, to get it reviewed and to uh, decide, the decision was to become a Catholic. And how long ago was this? So that was, the discernment rule began in 2009. Uh, I decided in 2011 the Catholic Church was the direction for me to go. Uh, also, my family. Uh, it's, it's kind of know that I have. I'm married. I have five children. Uh, my wife became Catholic in 2012. So we, when we made that decision, we were. I don't want to say very quick, but it was pretty well thought out and methodical. Um, I was. I, I was still going through a process, or, or I'm sorry, a formation 
process. Uh, so I was a little more on the on the tail end of of things, but uh, it was it was a lot of prayer, a lot of the, a lot of discernment, a lot of uh, asking fellow clergy, uh, Catholic priests, uh, about the direction, uh, which way to go, and you know, praise the Lord that he provided very good uh, lay people in a Catholic church, and also uh, uh, priests and deacons who really prayed for us and helped uh, guide us through this process. And so on May 31st, you and two other Anglican priests were ordained in Houston, Texas. You came into the Catholic Church through the personal ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter. The ordinariate is equivalent to a diocese. It was created by the Holy See in 2012 for people nurtured in the Anglican tradition who want to become Catholic. Uh, between the time you made the decision to switch over in 2011 until your ordination here just uh, almost a month ago, we're recording this on uh, June 20th, so it was almost a month ago that you were uh, ordained. What uh, all went into uh, preparing for your ordination as a Catholic priest? So uh, one of the things we, we have is we're, we're continuing our education through getting, I'm actually getting another master's degree, uh, so I'm continuing education through uh, that process. Um, also, there were classes we had with other clergy throughout. Uh, I've PCS a few times, so there was different uh, clergy I learned from uh, formally and informally. There was also some uh, other classes and intensives we were doing in conjunction with St. Mary's Seminary in Houston, and also uh, uh, the personal ordinary of Chair St. Peter was also uh, hosting those as well. So there were several years of uh, intense formation classes, and again, just kind of bouncing things off, because one thing is, as when you make a decision already as a Protestant clergy to become Catholic, you're coming with a varied background, so some are, uh, some have a different basis than others, and so it was really neat to have other mentors and other Catholic priests and deacons to bounce ideas off of, or bouncing questions off of, and have them show you some methodology and little tricks of the trade to kind of help uh, get past some of your uh, hang-ups uh, along the way. And it helps better form the soul and uh, prepare to be a better minister and, uh, to people who need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what was it about the Catholic tradition, the Catholic faith, the exercise of Catholicism that appealed to you? It's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot. Uh, the thing that's coming to my mind right now is just it's just so rich. There's just a richness, and one of the things I really uh, admire most is uh, I actually did clinical pastoral education with a, a Catholic priest from Uganda, and here I'm sitting from uh, across the, the table from a, a Catholic priest from another country, and he was kind of telling me about some of his traditions. I've met so many different people from other continents who are Catholic, and they're just their love and devotion. Uh, the one thing is just uh, for the Eucharist, and that's that's for me. That's what really brought everything together. There was this oneness and communion uh, from around the world. It is it is truly universal that uh, the Catholic Church gathers all people to love Jesus and to focus on Him. Uh, and, and our Blessed Mother's intercession of uh, bringing her children home as well is it, just a wonderful experience to have to delve deeper into and to just 
growing closer relationship with our Lord and also with others. There are obviously a lot of beliefs and practices that separate Catholic from Protestant. Uh, one of them, of course, is the veneration of our Blessed Mother. Uh, the other is the transubstantiation uh, that uh, uh, in the consecration of the host. Did you have any trouble accepting those teachings? So what's interesting is the, that my systematic theology class, going to a charismatic school, there's a lot of, there's a lot of study in the pneumatology, which is a study of the Holy Spirit. They're very interested in that. So growing up as an evangelical, seeing communion as just a symbol, I don't know what it was within me, but I decided I was going to do a research paper, which I never finished, which is funny. And it was about the role of the Holy Spirit during communion. And everything that I researched and I'm digging into kept coming back to John 6. It kept coming back to a Catholic understanding of the real presence. And really, through, in my opinion at the time, I looked at it as a, a proper understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit is to understand that's really the Lord in the Eucharist. And immediately, I... I, I, I by complete accident, had read myself into a high church understanding of Anglicanism, Anglicanism at the time. Uh, but so the real presence of the Lord in the Eucharist wasn't that hard for me to understand. It, believe it or not, even the uh, intercession of the saints and their Blessed Mother wasn't that uh, difficult for me. The, the crazy part for me was, uh, at least I look back at it and laugh now, is I had a hard time understanding infant baptism because I came up from... Uh, that Calvinistic uh, evangelical background. So the intercession of the saints and Mary, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, infant baptism was, because the focus had always been on the believer's baptism and not so much just understanding of uh, understanding what baptism is and, and the role of the church and the community in, in raising a child uh, to become a good Christian. And you mentioned that you have five kids, and you and your wife have five kids, five kids, and uh, obviously most Catholic priests are celibate and uh, make make a promise of celibacy. And uh, how have you been received as a married Catholic priest in the uh, chapels where you celebrate the Mass and uh, uh, minister to the faithful? Yes, it was interesting. That was one of my primary concerns. Uh, I've actually consulted a couple different married priests and asked about that. And everywhere I've gone, it's been just arms wide open. Uh, we love you, Father. We love your family. Uh, how can we bless you? How can we pray for you? Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful. There's been no judgment. There's been no uh, anything that would kind of say, what are you exactly, or are your orders valid? There's been none of that. People have been absolutely open and, and loving about it. And it's been a wonderful experience to see how uh, people have been receptive to that as well, and understanding that uh, you know they're, they're praying for us and, and knowing that you know my marriage as a sacrament needs as, as much work as anybody else's, um, and they really do care about uh, my ministry, but also care about the, my family and my children as well. How about the other priests? They've been wonderful as well. Uh, there's been no questioning. There's been 
hey, that's great. Welcome to the uh, Brotherhood and Priesthood. Let's go do ministry uh, with our Lord and preach the gospel. So what went through your mind when you were ordained by Bishop Stephen J. Lopes in Houston? He, uh, uh, he a wonderful man. I, I, I will say that when you're ordained, there's just so many emotions going through uh, your mind and your heart and your soul. Uh, as part of it, it was, wow, this is a combination of all this work, but at the same time, it's like, we've got so much work to do. And I will say it's been very invigorating. Um, our Lord, I really, you know, it, I'm, I'm definitely at a place where uh, I'm a place of consolation right now, still kind of riding a high, the honeymoon in a way. But there's also that reality of, hey, you know, it, it, there's work to do, there's people that need, need to be ministered to. So it's kind of a, yeah, a high, but at the same time, a, hey, let's get after it. Let's go, let's go uh, take care and do the Lord's work. And you will be in the military for how much longer? The military has a retirement age. How far away are you from that? I'm, I'm, I'm a good ways off. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good thing for us because, as you know, we have a tremendous shortage of Catholic chaplains. As, as the Lord, you know, if, if, if people ask me a question. I actually have a total of 17 years, and I was a prior infantry officer in the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. Um and so if I wanted to put in my reserve retirement, I could probably do that in a couple of years. But and if the Lord uh, wills it, you know, get a promotion, stay in a while, um, I'd love to be able to do 20 years active duty straight or more. It really is. Uh, well, it depends on uh, health, family situation, and what the good Lord has for us. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, it's, you know, there's, I'm, I'm still pretty healthy. I could still jump out of airplanes and try to be with my soldiers. Uh, as long as I keep my feet and knees together and land correctly. <laughs> Once you do get out of the military, what then? Uh, do you permanently belong to the personal or ordinary to the chair of St. Peter? I do. Uh, there will be a parish or some sort of ministry position there, uh, most likely available. Uh, Bishop Lopes uh, has pretty much already talked to some of his military chaplains, saying, hey, keep doing what you do, and then in a few years, there will be a position, you know, there'll be, there'll be places available for us to go do ministry. And the big thing with that is to always be open, just like the military, you kind of, I just moved from Florida to Washington State. Uh, the personal ordinary covers two countries. And you know, there's a willingness to be open and, and ready to go wherever the bishop sends us in order to provide that pastoral care where it's needed. The two countries being the United States and Canada. There may be folks out there listening to this podcast right now who uh, are Lutheran or Anglican, considering becoming Catholic. What's your advice to them? Keep praying. Uh, keep uh, asking questions and keep searching. I think the big thing is when you're open to the direction of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit will lead you on this pilgrimage along with Jesus. Uh, until you conform your will to his, and uh, he will bring you where you need to be. So definitely pray, try to continue to ask questions, get closer to our Lord, and uh, he'll lead the way. Uh, I definitely want to uh, thank Archbishop Berlia for uh, also kind of celebrating at, uh, our ordination. It was a pleasure to see him uh, and, and support, show his support to us. Uh, look forward to working with uh all of our wonderful priests within the Archdiocese and 
especially here in the Archdiocese of Seattle, where I am now located. So appreciate it. Look forward to it. I mentioned at the beginning that you're in Lacey, Washington. Uh, you just moved there. Tell us a little bit about that before we go. Uh, what's your new assignment, and where, where did you come there from? So I came from Eglin Air Force Base, uh, a special forces group, and I'm uh, coming to Joint Base Lewis McCord. Uh, I'll be signed to First Special Forces Group. And uh, we had a wonderful eight-day cross-country journey <laughs> with an ordination and a route, I guess you could say. <laughs> got to see some wonderful places. Uh, if, in fact, I highlighted the tour. If I had highly recommend, if I could put a plug into the Shrine of Our Lady of uh, Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin, that was a wonderful experience there. Only a couple hours there, but a wonderful experience. And uh, yeah, just if you get a chance to check, uh, go to different different pilgrimage places. I even went to the Basilica of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton when I went and saw my parents. So definitely some great places uh, uh, with Catholic heritage. Father Joseph Refner, a captain in the U.S. Army, longtime military chaplain who recently became a Catholic priest after spending years as a priest in the Anglican tradition. Father Refner, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you very much. God bless you.